So Jess, why did you become a realtor? I worked in a various customer service jobs, so I wanted something a little bit more rewarding. Um, becoming a real estate agent, being able to help people find their forever homes or their investment homes, starter homes, it's very exciting, so a lot of fun. Now, you've gotten off to a really good start in your real estate career. What has been the most rewarding part of this for you so far? Helping people, especially like first time home buyers, um, finding their first home. They're so excited. Um, I'm so excited to help them. So it's a nice, rewarding part. What is it that you think makes you different than other real estate agents? I think that my various roles in customer service has helped me. So I like to ask a lot of questions and I want to know what I'm doing. So I think that helps a lot because I'm not going to steer people the wrong way. I'm going to make sure they have knowledgeable decisions um, and help them find the right home. Last thing I want to ask you is, and I know these are words that you live by, but the mantra at CTBB Realty is people over paychecks do the damn thing. And that's what we do. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. I crossed up by Kobe, well, floated Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. Hey, there's no other show like that. Clover Crest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Drawing About the G-Men, the Giants football podcast. I'm Big Jace, joined by Joe Aguirre, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay. And, I mean, I said it last week. I've been saying it. I mean, just that intro used to get me hyped. Now, just the way the Giants are going, the way the season's going, just disappointing. Good. Coach Judge, Joe Judge has a bright future no he doesn't but uh i mean let's get to the game giants terrible loss 34 to 10 uh, i mean i don't even want to watch the games anymore i mean i i will because i love the giants but it, it sucks man i mean and, and the eagles like they, they got their revenge for the last game and no, I, I had a, my, my friend texted me, Eagles fan. I always text him whenever the Giants play the Eagles, whenever Saquon's uh, healthy. I always say Miles Sanders will always be RB two because he always he's behind Miles. He's behind Saquon at Penn State, but I mean it. It did not look like that on on Sunday, and it hasn't looked like that with Saquon. It's just a mess. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Joe, what do you think, brother? Well, I 
I, here's my here's I guess my issue, and I, I said this today on Keys to the City. I feel like it it bears repeating because I'm in a lot of Giants groups on on Facebook and Twitter, where these idiots uh, point out all of the things that have gone wrong with the franchise as if they just noticed it today. <laughs> uh, it's generally a long winded, idiotic rant of observations we've all made. Uh, and they'll say things like, if you agree with any of it, like you're an idiot or whatever. And to those people, I say, look, January 1st is coming up, 2022, new year, new you, get a therapist. Keep that crap out of Facebook groups, <laughs> off your Facebook page. Stop your whining and your bitching. The Giants have been bad for a long time. Stop convincing yourself otherwise. Again, four one-off Super Bowls over a 35-year stretch is, is not the definition of success. This is a 6-10 and 10 team year in and year out. You get your occasional 7-9 and nine or an 8-8. Eight and eight, You get all excited. Uh, and then every now and again, you got to get a 4-12, and 12 and, and that's terrible too. And uh, then you get a 10-6 and six and you win a Super Bowl. It's awesome. But that's Giants football. They, they, the problem is there. There's still no identity on this team. I don't know what the focal point of the offense is. It's not Saquon Barkley. I'm glad he wants to play the next couple games. I think Saquon should get 30 touches each of the next two games. I think you got to do one of two things: build some value to him, show he can still be what he was, and then you trade him for whatever you can get, or you decide going into next year is he enough. Is Daniel Jones enough? And the only way you're going to figure that out is if you run Saquon out there. The knee hold up? Is he getting over that stuff or what? So throw him into the fire. See what happens. Otherwise, what is the point? Yeah. I'm crying out loud. It's it's awful. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about Saquon and his knee holding up. I mean, he, there's been a lot of talk, especially this week, with it being the Bears, and that's where he tore his ACL. Last year, everyone is, has been talking, and he, he came out. He said that isn't in the back of his mind, but it definitely is. Zay, I, I know you've talked a lot about him being very uh, hesitant on the field and that stuff, but you you also, before the show, you're talking about how you, you thought the play calling was terrible, and, I mean, your boy Jake Fromm only got the point two <laughs> fantasy points, so just got to put that out. Now, be clear, when I made that pick of Jake from, I decided, hey, I'm sticking with it because it's either going to be really smart or really stupid. And if you're going to be ballsy, you got to live by what you go with. And that's just how I go. And for me, it didn't pay off this time. But in a sense to that, that also played a part with the offensive. I didn't like what they did. And this is not just for Jake from or any this is for any quarterback coming in. If you're going to evaluate players, I feel you need to evaluate players. What they did with Jake Fromm wasn't evaluating. They just threw the man out the fire, gave him the worst offenses they could. They were calling slant right and slant left, and you're not giving him a chance with this. You called a better offense when he came in in relief a couple of weeks ago than you did last, last night. And you had a whole week to prepare for a team that only had two days, basically, to prepare for you. It doesn't make sense. It was very frustrating watching it. Jake Fromm couldn't pick up blitzes. The team was blitzing him heavy. He couldn't pick it up the whole day. And you would think, again, the Giants know you're coming in against an Eagles team that is known for a heavy front rush. Their front four is a good front four. They're a blitzing front four, a heavy blitzing team. And he was able to pick up that one blitz. What did you practice all week? 
And this is what I'm saying. I kind of agree with Joe. If you're going to get Saquon in there, you know, work him. But they're not going to work him. So what are we doing at this point? It seems the Giants are continuing this pattern where they're okay. The ship is on fire, but they continue to tell themselves, it's not sinking. We're fine. We'll float eventually. You know, you can only go but so far down before you start coming back up. And I think that's really how they see it. They're not going to move on from Saquon. They'll bring him back next year because of what he does in the locker room. They're talking about bringing Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones and Joe Judge is not a good mix. They're not. Joe Judge doesn't even sound like he wants Daniel Jones there half the time. His endorsements of Daniel Jones are half, half-hearted at best. Oh, yeah, that's my guy. That's who I'm going with. Well, Daniel Jones is our guy, and that's who we're sticking with. It always seems like it's someone else's decision and never Daniel and never Joe Judge's decision. And that's the issue with me for the Giants. The biggest issue for the Giants is there's is like Joe said, there's no identity. The team these two, like it's Joe Judge and Daniel Jones, they don't get along together. They don't work well together. And for that, and then for you to have a good team, that has to work happen. You have to have a good coach and a good quarterback combination. The Cowboys have it with Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott. They great relationship there, which is if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm scared that Kellen Moore is getting head coaching calls because I don't want anyone else calling the plays there. When you look at the Green Bay, LaFleur and, and um, Rodgers have a great relationship that even when the year starts off rocky and all the controversy and everything, they were still able to pull it together and put themselves at the number one seed in the league. And the Giants just don't have any of this. They don't have good coaching. They don't have good team chemistry. They have none of it. And this is my biggest issue with the Giants. And now I sound like one of those guys who are rambling like Joe because I'm just so, fu- like Joe said, I'm just so frustrated with this franchise and there's just so much wrong that there's just not enough time to point it all out. You know, it, 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 it's funny too, Zay, because uh, on the one hand, right, Sean, you can just hop in when you're ready here, but there's that idea of, look, these guys keep turning coaches over every two years. It's not good for player development. It's not good for Daniel Jones. It's not good for anybody but on the other hand, you know, like you said off the top, Jace, do the Giants have a bright future? I keep saying this guy was supposed to be a disciplinarian and a motivator, and I see a very unmotivated, very sloppy football team. So what exactly is this guy doing right that I'm supposed to be like, oh, next year, playoffs? I don't see it. No. The the only thing I, I would say is probably – from the past couple coaches, is he has the locker room somewhat intact. No one's coming out, calling each other out and that stuff, but that's even like a far stretch. Sean, I want to ask you, Giants don't have a lot of cap space to play with, which I think is probably a good thing, seeing as how much they gave Kenny Galladay. And Kenny Galladay, Andrew Thomas has more touchdowns than Kenny Galladay through the air. So, I like, what do you think of that, Sean? Uh, it's disappointing, obviously. I mean, there's no stability uh, with this team. They're giving out bad contracts left and right. Um, we've been a terrible franchise for the past five years, probably, I think, one of the worst records in the league. So uh, it's definitely frustrating. Uh, you don't want to move on from a coach after two years again. But if you're going to you know, fire Dave Gettleman or let him retire, do whatever he wants to do, um, I mean, it, you might as well get rid of Joe Judge, too, and try and start over fresh because you can't just try to keep rebuilding on the fly. Um, we saw that it hasn't worked over the past couple of years. Uh, the Giants, like I said, have been one of the worst teams in the NFL. 
So you can't try and just keep putting band-aids on this one. It's it, it needs a complete overhaul. And John Mara doesn't get that because he's so stubborn and stuck in his ways. He thinks that the Giants are still a great franchise in this league, which you know they once were. But now it's uh, they're they're an embarrassment right now. They're a joke. Um, every time you see the Giants on the schedule for another team, you could chalk it up as another W right now because this team is an embarrassment. They don't have an identity on offense. <laughs> Uh, on defense, they're on the field for more than three quarters of the game. You can't rely on that. Um, at some point, it's going to break. You, you saw in the Eagles game, they held up pretty well in the first half. But then the second half, the uh, Giants couldn't sustain drives. So the defense gets tired. And we see that it just breaks. Everything breaks uh, at the end once they start giving up all these points. So uh, it, it's frustrating. Like you said, there's not a lot of cap space for next year because we have a bunch of bad contracts on the team. Uh, Nate Solder. Kenny Galladay, like you said, who is our leading receiver and doesn't even have 500 receiving yards uh, and not even a touchdown. Uh, it's been bad drafting. Uh, it's just – it's frustrating, obviously. So, I mean, we, this team needs a complete overhaul, but uh, John Mara can't get that through his thick skull. So, it's it's going to be another uh, try and rebuild on the fly, and it's going to be another failure. I, I, could, we could, I could already see it happening. So, uh, definitely not a great state of the Giants right now. Uh, I mean, hopefully they could turn around next year because nothing the next two games is going to give me any hope for next year. So, uh, yeah, tough, tough days uh, to be a Giants fan. That's for sure. Double digits in scoring, though. That was pretty cool. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, we'll take that as a positive. <laughs> I mean, you talk about Mara. You know what really got me upset? A couple weeks ago, he's talking about Joe Judge and uh, how he thinks Joe Judge can be like a Parcells or a Belichick. First off, that's ridiculous. Second off, where's the respect for Tom Coughlin? Uh, I feel like that is – he's one of the most under-respected, underrated guys. I mean, he got thrown out of Jacksonville because he put the clocks uh, f- f- backwards 15 minutes, and they, they hated – that's what the Giants really need right now. They need that disciplinarian, and that's what Coughlin was. And if you're going to keep – like, if you're going to – leave him out of the mix if you're not going to even mention how great of a uh, coach he was. I mean, that's why this team has its problems because you don't see those as problems if you're not going to respect the man for for what he did. But, I mean, that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. But, yeah, uh, John Mer- John Mer is still salty that uh, Tom Coughlin didn't shake his hand after the, the last uh, press conference. He well, still yeah, got some bad blood with him, which is disrespectful because, like you said, Tom Coughlin – Brought this team two Super Bowl championships, and he was a great coach. But John Mara won't recognize that because he's an idiot, and uh, he should sell the team. No, he's completely right. No, it's definitely John Mara. He doesn't want to address that and the way that whole situation ended. The fact that Kevin Gilbride didn't even get an yeah. opportunity at coaching after what he did for that offense, that, that was the last time the Giants offense was actually relevant when Kevin Gilbride was actually there. And then, obviously, Chip Kelly for that one year. But, you know – what have we been since? How did Kevin? He's Kevin Gilbert. Didn't he go to XFL and actually make? He made a pretty good team in New York or something like that. The Guardians or something like that. It looked pretty good out there. So the Giants have been screwing it up for them for a long time, and he just doesn't want to acknowledge it. For Mara to bring up Coughlin would it be for him to acknowledge how much he screwed up the last five years, and he doesn't want to acknowledge that he's the problem. That's what it comes down to. No, yeah, and I mean, I, I talked about Coughlin a couple of weeks ago. I think he'd be a great candidate for a new GM. Look at what he. First off is what he did as a coach for the Giants. Look at what he did as the president of football operations for the Jags. That was their best stretch. I mean, talk about the guys. He brought in the Jalen Ramseys, 
that ended up getting leaving the, which is ridiculous. And the the Leonard Fournette's. I mean, he's doing everything that the Giants haven't been able to do. And because John Mara has this bad blood, that's not going to be an option when it comes GM time. So that's ridiculous. But uh, you look like you're about to say something, Joe. Well, I mean, let's be honest. If if you're John Mara and you're sitting there and you're like coming to terms with like the fans are booing me. I'm kicking garbage cans to try to act like I'm mad because I don't have emotions because I'm a psychopath billionaire. Um, giving out free medium Pepsis. <laughs> he's his mind is churning and he's like, got to get someone from outside the organization. Got to get a new way of thinking. And then all of a sudden he's like Tom Coughlin. I wouldn't be shocked to see Tom Coughlin, not necessarily as the GM, but in some sort of because the, it, leave it to the, like the I could see the Giants and, and John Mara, you know, when they do that, like the director of football operations and then there's a GM and a coach and that never goes well when there's three different people. You know what I mean? The too many chefs in the kitchen issue. I could I could see some some circumstance where they bring in Tom Coughlin uh, and it doesn't go well. But to talk to, to, to Joe, Jason's point, when Tom Coughlin was here. Those were the last good draft years we had because Tom Coughlin was a huge draft guy. He was at the Combine day one. He brought in the Victor Cruises, the Jason Pierre-Pauls, the Justin Tucks, the guys who were, I guess, heroes to us as Giants fans because of what they did to us in that four-year stretch between 07 and 2012 and whatever it was. So that was the last real time we actually did really good drafting. So to bring him back in wouldn't be a bad idea considering what we have drafted the last – Five years or so, like it's been abysmal. Yeah, like I mentioned, look at what he did with the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean the, the Fournettes, the the, the Jalen Ramseys, the uh, Ngakwe's, right, and made everyone miserable, and everybody wanted to be traded. Well, that's because they didn't have head coach. Because he was a discipline. He was because he was a disciplinarian, and that's what we're missing. I mean, to to complain about putting the clocks fifteen minutes back is that really? This that's that shows you how bad Jacksonville is. No, it shows you how bad the league is. No, it's league. Let me tell you something. You know, listen. He's an old, old man from a lost generation. Okay, where they, you know, you had to be a man. You, you now you've got wide receivers that make fifteen million dollars a year. For very little production, I'm talking about Sterling Shepard's eh? And you're going to go into a locker room and tell this guy he's got to be 15 minutes early to a meeting? I mean, come on. But I'm going to set the clocks forward like you're like you're an idiot. That's not his hey, that's, fault. It's that's insulting. Not, it's not if you want people to show up five minutes before a meeting, say we're going to have a meeting at 1, have your ass in the seat at 12.55 or you're late. Okay, fine. Playing games with the clock, like what kind of psychological warfare is that? I, I see. Michael Strahan didn't <laughs> like it. Tiki Barber didn't yeah, like it. It's a soft league. Strahan now, didn't bro. like it at first. No, you're in a, you're talking about a soft league. You're talking about where players get beat by forty and then Good exchange point, jerseys John. at the end of the game. This is a soft league. I'm not getting beat by forty and exchanging jerseys with the opponent on the other team and just beat me by forty. These are this is the reality of the league we're in. That didn't happen. 
in the early 2000s and the I 90s. I blame AAU and all that crap. Those yeah, traveling teams where you, all, where you all play together as kids and whatnot, and then you get to the pros and everyone's best buddies. Participation let's, trophies. Let's cut that nonsense out. We need real rivalries again. So so they just shouldn't play until like high school. Is that what you're saying? No, no. I'm saying they should stop being friends. Okay. Yeah, enough of the sportsmanship crap. All right. Enough of it. I don't enough I hate them, no, I, I hate watching them lose by 40 and exchange jerseys at the end of the day. It's no. the most frustrating thing on the planet. Yeah, like, I tell you what, dude, if if I was getting beat like the Giants, and it's the way they, you know, again, the way teams are just utterly kicking them around, I'm surprised that they're not fighting more. No, yeah, I mean, I, I just want I'd like to see ball. somebody pull somebody's helmet off and swing at him. Somebody give him a not the helmet, but a fist. <laughs> no, yeah, I just, just want to show again. Show me you guys got some life that there's some fight in you because it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. This feels like uh, uh, when when was it when um, remember when every like they had it, it was bad and uh, Collins was still around and Jenkins and everybody and they sort of quit. I think the Giants lost like fifty to. Six to the somebody or other. You guys I was, remember that? I was at the game. They they lost to the Rams, fifty-one to seventeen. There you go. Yeah, the wheels fell off the bus, and after the game, they were like, "I right, lost the locker room." Like everybody kind of quitting yeah. on this team. Uh, you're not quite there yet, but I think you're teetering on the brink of. That's why I say again, do something. Yeah, go out there and and play a real game and run with Saquon and see what he can do. And if he's not effective, then you know what? Run Devontae Booker out there and see see what that looks like, and then do something it's about Saquon when the season's over. But I, I, I'm here's my problem: you've solved absolutely zero problems since last year. The only difference between this year and last year is. Daniel Jones is not a turnover machine anymore. He oh. still can't get the ball in the end zone. Yeah. The Giants still can't score points. The defense is still on the field for way too long where they get exposed eventually. It's going to happen. Dude, if you put the Chicago, the 85 Bears, out on the field for 40 minutes, they'd get exposed too. There's, there's only so much a good defense can do. Yeah. So this is my point. You know, we went into the offseason last year, and what was the need? Pass rush, offensive line. So let's go out and get a bunch of wide receivers. The, the, the Giants have all the same problems they had a year ago. It's we're having, it's like doing the, it's like this is like Groundhog's Day. It's the same show for like two years, and it's frustrating. Just so go out there, run this offense through Saquon, pound the football. Throw the ball to Galladay and Rudolph and whoever else you think is going to be around next year. And that way you at least have some idea what kind of an offense you're going to have. And those of us watching can enjoy it for a few minutes. Solves both problems. Yeah, I will say, though, I think there definitely is an identity to this offense. But it's Daniel Jones and he's just been injured. No, that's, I, I do think that's not an identity. Running the ball with your quarterback to death and putting him in a situation where his career is almost over, that's not an offensive identity. That is career suicide for offensive coordinator and a coach who might not get their quarterback neck back next year and then have to restart. But that is not an identity. I always thought that was the stupidest thing, running the ball. The design runs for Daniel Jones because I knew we were going to end up where we are now. If Cam Newton, who's bigger than him, couldn't handle it, how could you expect Daniel Jones to? 
Look at the, look at what Cam Newton's career Cam Newton's career could have been extended five six more years had he not ran the ball had designated runs the way he had he had he had not got to get all these surgeries and whatnot. There's nothing left for Cam Newton. There's nothing left for Daniel Jones. He's a neck injury. I'm waiting for them to tell us he can't play no more. That's what I'm waiting for them to tell us. He's got a compounded spine or spine or something or one of his vertebrae is messed up and he can't play. That's what I'm waiting for them to tell us. They're just prolonging it. That'd be scary. I mean, I don't, I, I don't want that to happen because then we'll end up taking a QB with one of these picks. But uh, speaking of our picks coming up in the NFL draft, Week 17 against the Bears, regardless of the outcome, the Giants move up in the draft board. And, uh, I mean, the, the Bears are struggling just as much as the Giants. Got one more win. Uh, I, I you, you know me how much I, I, I'm going to pick the Giants because I always pick the Giants. <laughs> But I mean, we, real- we've been on. Hold on, we, we've honestly been talking for twenty five minutes. Yeah, about the state of the Giants and the fact that the Giants are terrible and they can't yeah. score, and they're on their second and third string quarterbacks who shouldn't even be in the NFL. Let alone maybe their their starter shouldn't either. We still don't know the identity. They can't run the football, and you think they're going to beat the Bears? I love the Giants. The real yeah. thing that no, I, I got no. Listen, I want to. I don't know if I told you this today. I also love the Giants. Why I do this? Yeah. I love the Giants. I know I. Sometimes I say things, and it could easily be misconstrued. Like, hey, does this guy love the Giants? And to those people, Zay, I say this: I love the Giants. I love them more than you do. Not you, Zay, just in general, people, because I do love the Giants. And and I sit there and I watch every game by myself, miserable. And But I watch it, and uh, those few fleeting moments that Joe Judge seems to see nothing but, uh, I get very excited for those. They are fewer and farther between at this point. But I do love the Giants. And so when I say the Giants are going to lose this game, yeah, I mean, that's that, not because I hate them. It's because I love them. I mean, I'm just prepping myself to not hate them while I'm watching the game. You understand me? No, I, I get what you're saying. But t- to me, honestly, I see the Giants as my team. And when I was in high school playing, I, I didn't go into a game thinking we were going to lose. Even we went one in nine one season. I still thought we could win every single game that we, we went into. We, we didn't. But I, I still, I mean, I, I have that delusion. I have that faith in my team to pull something out of their out of their rear end. And they're especially going to have to do it this week. With Graham Gano being on the injury list, because I mean he, I mean every week I said their only avenue to victory is a field goal battle, and without the greatest kicker and the biggest Pro Bowl snub this season in Graham Gano, not the biggest. Uh, He's up there. You can't no, even say that with a straight face. He's the best kicker in all football right now, and it sucks that the Giants can't move the football into field goal range for him to be able to showcase his leg. That's 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 the issue. It's not – he is a beast. But was he the only giant snubbed? Yes. Xavier McKinney. Thank you, Sean. 
Xavier McKinley should have been in, in the Pro Bowl. No, maybe not. Evan Ingram was a Pro Bowler last year with one touchdown and 600 yards. Grandino no should have been a Pro Bowler instead of him as well. He, he had more touchdowns this year. I don't know how he's not a Pro Bowler. <laughs> it's okay. Let's get back to this game. Zay, uh, you're the other Giants optimist here. Can they win this football no. game? There's, there's no more optimism no. left here, bro. I'm, I'm gonna keep it a buck as the Giants fan. As a Giants fan, for the next two games, it's just gonna be just getting through it. Not so much as much watching it, but just getting through these next two weeks and getting to the playoffs where I can enjoy other teams in the playoffs. But this is gonna get ugly for the Giants, especially if Justin Fields plays, because then it's like, darn, we could have had him. We traded him. Now we're stuck with nothing, looking for something again. So this could be a really, really bad nightmare for the Giants. If God forbid Justin Fields were to play and go out there and light us up. Dude, even if the Giants has had that pick, they want to pick Justin Fields. They, they never were going to pick Justin Fields. Yes. They, it's not going to But they, but the they could have. The idea that he was there and that you decided that Kadarius Tony was the solution to all your problems is it's again it's something you're gonna regret particularly jace if say like zay keeps saying that the next x-ray we get from daniel jones is like ooh, you know one bad hit and he's paralyzed i think he's not gonna play anymore then you're gonna wish that you're gonna wish that 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 they had sat and they had taken justin fields I mean, Justin Fields would be – there's no difference. Or there is zero better, difference between Justin Fields and Daniel Jones. I would disagree with that a million percent based yeah. on I, – I can I can name a hundred things that are different right now, and nobody would disagree with me. You're, that's lunacy. You know it. No, he had ball security. He, he has ball security issues. When he's, he's young, I, I think he will grow out of that. He's like young, they, all right. That's he can the, run like that. Young. That's he good. can throw it down the field. They both have brown hair. The, uh, he is very similar to Daniel Jones. No, no, right. that's crazy. I see, yeah. No, I that, wouldn't. I wouldn't make that comparison no. at all. That's crazy. I wouldn't no. go that far. He, he's very, very similar to Daniel Jones. Very similar, and he doesn't have the O line, and he's going to struggle till they build that O line. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. Sean, what's going to no, happen? Well, there's a big difference too because Justin Fields gets sacked like eight times a game when he plays, and Daniel Jones is one of the least pressured quarterbacks in the NFL. He still can't find Kenny Galladay, and he still can't get them in the end zone. So I don't see any similarities in their game at all. Uh, what all right. I see is what I see is Daniel Jones constantly come up short on third down, and the Giants punt. Oh, okay. So similar I'm to talking about similar to all right. Go back a couple years when Daniel Jones was the most pressured guy. He was having the same mistakes that Justin Fields does. But you when, just said if they fix the O line in Chicago, that that won't be the problem. So you're just assuming that about about Justin Fields. He's just very similar to Daniel Jones. That's all I'm I saying. Don't think I wouldn't so. go that far. I think that's crazy talk. I'm with Zay on this one. Not to I, mention, I, I agree with you. They play. Just the level of talent they've played alone. You how we're doing the ceiling that. is just going to be way higher for Justin Fields. I, I'm, I'm just, I would never pick the Duke quarterback. I'm sorry. It just would have never happened. It's just, I lived through the Dave Brown era. I swore to God we would never do it again. And here we are. 
And it's not I mean, going well. Was anyone ever going to pick a Wyoming quarterback until Josh Allen came out? I mean, it's, it's – Oh, stop it's, that. Josh Allen stop is that. a freak athlete. He's stop that. Than most – are you kidding me? I, I mean, to bring up their so school – Southern like, Mississippi State hasn't put out a good wide receiver since Jerry Rice. I mean, it's not exactly a wide receiver factory. Uh, that that to, That's ridiculous. Okay, but if you're going to talk about Duke, I mean – no, you're talking about talent. There's nothing good. About- Listen, unless it's on a hardwood court, nothing good's ever come out of Duke. Duke is known for basketball. That's what they I, it's and just- doctors, really yes. good doctors, and that's it. I would have never picked the quarterback from there. It's just even. I'm sorry. Who's a good Duke football player? Jamison Crowder. Even Hakeem Nix. I think we got from North Carolina. Yeah, right down yeah. the road. <laughs> All right, back to this Come game. On, anybody got a really good Duke football player? You want to? Because uh, basketball players, I'll name like a hundred right now. You know I what I mean? Start with Christian Leitner, go some Grand Hill, Vince Carter. Who you want? Come Christian on, Carter went to UNC. Vince Carter went to UNC. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Does it matter? Here's my point. Because we did just mention <laughs> North Carolina and Hakeem next, but listen. All that aside, no comparison. I think I've made my point. Okay. All right. Sean, what's your analysis of this game? Uh, this is going to be an ugly game. Uh, two, <laughs> two bad offenses. It's going to be a punt fest all game. Um, it's going to be hard to watch, just like every other Giants game has been ever since Daniel Jones went out. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Joe Judge says that. He's going to play both both Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm, which is just going to be a disaster. Um, there's not much to look forward to with this offense. Uh, maybe we can get a sack from Aziz Ojolari, maybe a pick from Xavier McKinney. That'd be pretty cool, but um, probably not likely. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the Giants winning this game. I think it will probably be around maybe like 16, 16 to nine. Sounds right for this game. It's, I, I'd smash the under. Going to be an ugly game. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to get trying to get through these uh, last two weeks with the Giants. I don't think so the Giants will get. I don't think the Giants will get on the scoreboard at all this week. I think yeah, they're going to get. A, yeah, I don't. I see a zero happening. I see this team having under a hundred yards of total offense and zero points. I think the Bears will win like six or eight nothing. Maybe there's a safety in there. It'll be something weird. Eleven nothing. Watch. Well, it's going to be well, one of the worst games. They'll rank it one of the worst games ever in terms of absolute offensive ineptness by two teams. Yeah. It's going to look like the 86 Giants and the 85 Bears defense at work. You're going to have to look really be like, oh, no, wait. It's just two lousy offenses making those defenses look good. It's going to look like the Giants and Eagles a couple weeks ago. That's what it's going to look like. Just yeah. a little, probably a little worse. No, definitely worse than that. This is going to be, I mean, at Soldier Field, Big Ten country, I think it is going to be, like Sean said, punt fest, battle for field position, whoever, and then maybe one touchdown, a bunch of field goals. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be gross. And without Graham Gano, I don't know if the Giants can win a field goal battle. But that's the best case scenario for the Giants. I keep telling you, don't want Justin Fields to play and light us up. You don't want him to do that. Like he played against Green Bay a couple weeks ago. He went out there and he almost won that damn game. You don't want that to happen because everyone's going to look at the Giants and be like, "Uh uh-oh, you did it again. 
You no. pass on a player that should be. You passed on Justin Fields. I don't, I don't know. know. We Justin. got an extra first round pick out of that. I didn't. I to still become don't what? To become what? That's the We're thing. We're gonna have to see. We're gonna have got to a see. Got GM. He can't. Hopefully, he doesn't screw it up as bad as Gettleman. We'll have two top ten picks. Yeah, that's something good to start with. But we'll see. We'll see. I can't do season three of G Man with this team. Sucking. Oh, also. Yeah. For every, you know how these idiots in their stupid mock drafts. Yeah. Please, everybody, stop with your stupid mock drafts, okay? Because here's the thing: a lot of stuff's got to happen between now and the draft. Yeah. And the most important thing is free agency. That that happens before the drafts, and so what your needs are before the draft might be drastically different if you sign a guy in free agency. I've seen a lot of really stupid giant mock drafts where every pick is an offensive lineman because you're a moron. I always comment to those people, that's why you're not a GM. Idiot. That's like an idiot thing. Okay, we, we can't say that. You're we, just we, offensive linemen. You no. want to pick 10 offensive no. linemen? That's, that's what they should do. No, they shouldn't. It's not, what they it's not what they no, say. No, that's an do. idiot thing to do. That's throwing. That's just throwing a bunch of crap at the problem yeah. and thinking, well, something will stick. Throwing a bunch no. of darts and hoping one hits the no. bullseye. Jace, that's what idiots do. Listen to me. You have to pinpoint and figure out what your needs are. Left tackle's all set. So I don't need five offensive linemen, do I? I already got one. One of the other four garbage dumpster guys are salvageable. And then you figure out around that. Maybe you go out and sign the best center available in free agency. Now you don't have to draft one of those. So now 10 picks, you're down to eight, idiots. You're not drafting all offensive linemen. This team has so many friggin' problems. Do you think that if they just fix the offensive line, they're going to go 14-3? and three? No, Idiot. but that's the foundation. Idiot. That's the foundation. It's not that's the foundation. That's where you got to start. It is not. Yes. It's a yes, it's a yes and a no. Dude, they need I two. First of all, they would have kept when Kevin you win Zeitler. the battle in the trenches, that Zeitler, changes everything. They would be in a much better position right now had they not made the stupidest offseason move when they did that. How did they keep then, they- then you would then you would only need two offensive linemen. How okay. So again, you're not Jace. Jace, they need a linebacker. They still need an edge rusher. So why would you I spend ten picks on offensive linemen unless you were an offensive lineman like weirdo obsessed with offensive linemen? Which I that, am. That's creepy. I would stop that. I I love offensive. I mean. No, but they they should the majority of their picks should be offensive linemen. No. No. Your value, especially that, comes in the second, third round. It doesn't come in the first round. How many first round offensive linemen do we talk about other this than maybe they school? some studs? And what all oh, you get all the good offensive I mean, linemen in the first round. Yeah. Not in the first ten picks. We've only had one good one, two good ones. The one in the Colts, I can't remember his name, and Penny Sewell in the last ten. Name me anyone who else has been good. How Andrew we Thomas Mackay Becton. We picked in the top. Mackay Becton is terrible. The Kai, oh Smith. God, I get to watch the Jets. He's terrible. He's even playing half the time. The Kai Becton. He yeah, he's been hurt this year. Yeah, yeah like, like, what are you talking about? Okay, All right. last year and he doesn't even play. So again, what are you getting with these first top ten linemen? Again, it maybe it hits, maybe it doesn't. Penesu was a hit. Doesn't mean it's going to hit because look at what we've done. We've taken first round linemen and they suck. 
Andrew Thomas as well actually turning around. I'll give him that. He's turning around. Well, Eric Flower is the only one that sucked. Well, yes. Will Hernandez still sucks. Well, Will Hernandez sucks. I'm talking yeah, about. He, st- he was the first pick of the second round. He might as well have been a first round. The end of it. Pick you don't 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 value. I said I said first round offensive lineman. I didn't say second round. What are your semantics, dude? Again, you get your value later in the round off those picks. The first round. No, you don't. You don't you get no value out of late round offensive linemen. You you maybe hit one in every fifteen. Right. Maybe. So then why, first of all, first of all, listen. That, I agree what? that I don't want a bunch of now, offensive linemen. No matter you what you guys though. are saying, Look no matter what you're saying, hold on, you're making my point. This idea that you're I just agree with your keep, point. You're gonna keep drafting tackles and guards, and then you'll just throw somebody would be good. No, it's just stupid philosophy. At, I agree with you. Two years I know ago. you do. Look at two I years ago. You, you have Andrew Ace Thomas still arguing with who's me about done great. It. Like he's gonna make you got Tristan Wirfs. You got Makai Becton and uh, Jedrick Mills. They're Mekhi all Mekhi playing like great. Tristan Wirfs is the only Tristan Wirfs is good. Makai Becton, Becton was better than him last year when he was healthy. The year last year. Did you watch Makai Becton play? Yes. Yes, he, he was did. a beast. He was terrible. He was almost just as bad as Andrew Thomas at one point, and then he turned it around. They were talking about him and Andrew Thomas being – at one point, being the two lowest Bro, of the draft, he, he I don't know what one you were sack all day. year right. for the Jets. Right. Like, what are you talking about right. there, bro? Okay, we I'm speaking in New York. I listen to New York. Right, I listened to them complain about Nakai Beckton how terrible he was all last year until he turned. No, you're a Jets fan. I'm not a Jets fan. All last year, I get the best of the world being an actual New Yorker. I get the best. All right. All right, all right, okay. We're getting off the rails. We're going all over the place. We're gonna take a break, and we're gonna come back. We'll take a break. We're stopping the Giants talk because we're getting too crazy. We're getting all over the place. Let's take a break, and then we'll remember the great John Madden. So stay tuned. Do you have a four hundred one k and some savings for future retirement, but you don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? And how often do you think about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies, doing the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident with your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website or give us a call at 860-430-5397. Before we move on, I do want to say one thing. We spent 42 minutes talking about the Giants. And they can't even score forty-two points. I mean, and, a, and probably a two-month span. I think <laughs> yeah. we got forty-two points all year. <laughs> yeah, maybe in December and November combined, maybe. But oh, it's it's. Well, I think next year that's what we got to do. We can only talk about the Giants for as many minutes as they scored. So we should probably change it to just the NFL show. Yeah, we're going to have a 10-minute show. (laughs) Might as well start with our best bets. Isn't that even the thing? Don't they have – and they scored – wasn't it like 42 touchdowns since the start of like 2020 or something like that? It was like dead last. I think that literally was something I just saw. Probably. If we scored 42 touchdowns within that time, I'd be shocked. I'd really be shocked. I know there was a lot of games we didn't score. 
Yeah, um, all right. Maybe it is points. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I, I saw that the Cowboys score more points uh, last week than the Giants have in the past, like, six, five or six games, <laughs> which is not surprising. All right, okay. I don't want to keep yes. going. Yeah, right. not, for, not for the Giants. I'm going to let it go, but it was an ugly one. All right. <laughs> R.I.P. John Madden. And, uh, I mean, he, he's, he is – Probably he is the biggest figure in all football, but I mean Tom Brady. But I mean John. B- before Brady, John Matt. I mean he is football, the game, man. I, I I was talking to my friends when I got the news about it, and my friend made made a joke. He's like, "How did the video game die?" And I'm like, first off, that, that's kind of messed up. The guy just died." <laughs> But second off, uh, thinking about it, I mean, that's how immortal – John Madden's immortal. He is going to be that video game forever. Everyone's going to know John Madden. And I I, I mean, I, I barely, growing up, got to see him commentate. But, I mean, he, he was still great. But now – I mean, he is forever going to be remembered by Madden, and I think that's great. He's been, he he's been, really the face of football set before Tom Brady, and he will continue to be that name forever associated with football. And he's had such a big impact. Like people learn to play the game of football because of his game. That's why he made Madden was for people to. Just oh, I thought he made that game because he wanted people to go for fourth and 40 on their own four-yard line. <laughs> now he wanted to show Joe Judge That's how to it. run a screen on third down every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah, Joe, I mean. So, well, a couple things. Uh, you know, it, it's funny, and, I, and I've heard some people say, and it's true, and for you young guys, you can't really appreciate it, but uh, like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, you know, that's the game, that's the big game of the week is is whatever game Madden and Summerall were calling. Uh, Pat Summerall, his, his uh, faithful companion of many years, George Allen Summerall, by the way, his name uh, is George Summerall. Pat is his nickname. Point after touchdown. He was a kicker, John. Uh, Pat Summerall was. For the Giants. For the Giants. That's where the nickname comes from, though. Pat, P-A-T. How hilarious is that? Anyway, uh, these guys really did. Um, I didn't even understand because it was happening while I was watching it that he was sort of revolutionizing football and and putting it in layman's terms and, and just coming at you with um, – uh, 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 you know, the, the telestrator was amazing. Uh, he was the guy who came up with the concept of turning the first down marker yellow so you knew where it was and you knew where they had to get. And then he said cool things like, boom, for no reason during games. And it really added something to the game. I don't know what it was, but uh, it was awesome. I was a Tecmo Bowl player uh, in the in the late 80s. Uh, and then John Madden football showed up. And uh, what people don't know is the first edition was very bad. It was very uh, like what you would expect an 8-bit video game to be. But he, he uh, to his credit, man, in EA Sports, boy, Madden just quickly developed into the most superior sports game there was. 
I mean, by a mile, it, it just, it was, it was stunning, man. I, I remember having huge tournaments uh, playing Tecmo Bowl. And then just like that, it was like, that was, that was my space. You know what I mean? And Facebook showed up and, and that's what, that's what Madden was for sports video games. It was just like on a whole other level. Yeah. And I mean, that Sander says it, he put the color in commentary. Yeah, he was he was a beast. Uh, Zay, you got any memories I mean, from John Man? Uh, Joe's covered. I mean, most of the stuff. Obviously, I'm not much too far in age from you guys, so we've got much of the same history on our end. I didn't get much chance to, I mean, see John Madden like that. I hear him commentate. Like I was young, so when he was really commentating, like Joe said, he did the big games, the night games, the Monday night game. I was in bed, so I really didn't get to see that, but. I was familiar with obviously the Madden game, which is I'm hoping now, you know, with his passing, they'll make it a little better and get it back in a better state because it's not in its greatest of days right now. But hopefully it'll get back to that way. But, yeah, like you said, John Madden. Wait, is, do you think John Madden was holding up the development of the game? You think? Oh, no, I don't think John Madden has anything will. to do with the game since, like, 1995. <laughs> like, All right, we're going to up the ante here. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't even had his voice in the game since, like, 2002, so. That's another thing there. But um, no, but for me, I think it's going to be the Little Giants movie. I grew up as a Giants fan like the rest of you guys and watching Little Giants. And the Giants were obviously playing the Cowboys, who we all hate. And to see him in there in the annexation of Puerto Rico and all these plays that they was throwing in there when they was hiding out in the garage and they was trying to run their plays. To me, that will always be iconic and stick out to me. And memorize, excuse me, be a memory for me for John Madden because that's what I remember the most was that movie little giants and seeing him in it that was like my big thing but yeah like you said john madden um rest in peace great guy probably the biggest name in football commentary talking probably next to chris berman i don't think anyone's gonna be bigger than him maybe chris berman's probably the next closest guy to him but yeah i mean what can you say a guy made a ton of money rest in peace but he's you know it's hard to be sad for a guy who made a ton of money and lived to 85 so I mean, I don't know how to end it. I guess That's that was poor. It's hard for me to feel bad. That was a regrettable ending. It's hard for me to feel bad for guys been taking money for me the last twenty somewhat years of my life. So it's it's kind of like you know it's gonna feel the same with Jordan when you know I'm like oh later Jordan but. Can I get some money back from the sneakers? It's it, that's kind of how it feels right now. It's not that I don't hate John Madden. It's just. No, I, I you lived a great life. You, it's hard to feel bad for someone who lived a great life. I'm sorry. I don't want to no. make it morbid. I didn't yeah, want to make it morbid ending. <laughs> His family's definitely going to be set after. Well, when Madden's going to go on forever because I mean the NFL's forever. But uh, I mean, also, if you got some time after you're done listening to this podcast, and then you're searching and you've listened to all the Clovercrest Media podcasts. Check out the 30 for 30 on Madden and the, the creation of that game because it was a very interesting story on him talking about how uh, his vision for it and what he tried to do and what he accomplished from it. But, uh, Sean, you got any, any comments about Sean, man? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you guys said it. He was, he's a football icon. He lived an entire football life. Um, obviously, being a great coach with the Raiders, he, he only spent 10 years there, and he, he 
probably could have stacked up a lot more. Uh, Super Bowl is the only one won, but uh, he was a, a dominant coach there. The Raiders were great in the 70s. Uh, and then obviously his great commentary career with him and Pat Summerall. Uh, I wish I was uh, alive during the age where they, you know, commented all those big games because, uh, like Joe said, just his commentary, his passion for the game, you could tell it uh, through his broadcast. So, um, so yeah, and then obviously the Madden game uh, where most of us grew up playing Madden. Uh, that's where our love for football started for most of us. So uh, just a great football life, probably the biggest uh, – probably the biggest icon in football, honestly. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough loss for the NFL community. So, uh, rest in peace to John Madden. He was, he was definitely a football legend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I, they have to do it for Madden. What was it? 20, 22s. No, no, I know what you're talking about. The Madden on the cover when he was carrying. Yeah. I don't remember what you want. No, no. But for Madden 22, John Madden has to be on the cover, right? The, the, you have to respect the man. He has to be on the cover of Madden 22. I mean, it's named after him, for God's sake. It would have been odd if he would have been on this year's cover and then died. But it would have been a Madden curse. That oh, all right. I'm glad anybody knew the joke there. Yeah, the Madden curse. But, Too soon. Uh, by the I way, do. by the way, <laughs> we do have a, we have a podcast to Conspiracies and Beyond, and we actually did an episode about the Madden cover curse. Interesting. Yeah. Go check it out. Wow. Yeah, I mean, interesting. But, uh, yeah, I, I will say, though, no, with that being said, we, we know John, he's going to be on the cover. But who should be the actual cover athlete this year for Matt? Jonathan John, Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, yeah. Took the words right out of my mouth, yeah. He's on my list for MVP. Yeah, with, with Dak, yeah, you know, not not for nothing. Whether he wins MVP or not, I think when when all is said and done, you see with the numbers that guy tallies up by years, and it it would have been Derrick Henry, yes, uh, who was on his way to another two thousand yard season. But I think it's going to be Jonathan Taylor, uh, or or the only other guy that could steal it, but he's not a dominant football player from what I hear is Cooper Cup. Thank you, Sandra. That's, that's what I was going to say. Cooper Cup. Nah. Or but, Samuel. No. But, but on hold on. Cover. But do you want a glorified Wes Wilker on the cover of Madden is the question. I don't, I don't actually oh. believe that about Cooper Cup. I've been hearing, I've been hearing a lot of people say that. I mean, he could actually and catch when it matters. Funny. So it might be a little different. I like, dude. Listen, I'm. I know Wes Welker's a little white guy, undersized slant runner, the whole nine. But I don't know. Guy puts up like 120 catches a year. He's no Randy Moss. I know Randy Moss didn't do that. So uh, there's no comparison here. None. None of those guys put up the kind of seasons that that Welker had and Cups had. So yeah, I I I think to disclude somebody with great stats because of their skin color is silly. Whoa. And that's, no, I think, I, I think that's Whoa. what's happening. Whoa. I think that's Whoa. what's happening with Cooper cup. And it's the same thing that happened with Wes Welker. And it's rare that you see that. How? Wow. Wow. Pinion Hillis was on the cover. I'm not talking about Madden covers. I'm just talking West about Cooper cup and, and, and yeah. Wes Welker. You look at the years and the numbers, Wes Welker, and it immediately chalked up to system quarterback Tom Brady, blobbity bloobity blobbity blob. Uh, and I and I don't think that that's fair. And again, to hear to hear uh, former wide receivers in the NFL at ESPN talking about Cooper Cup and saying. 
that Cooper Cup is not like an elite wide receiver is lunacy. And again, I think people are struggling with the guy's skin color. He's a white guy. He couldn't possibly be, you know, the 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 second coming of Homer Jones. No, I think no. I, I wouldn't put that. I wouldn't say no. it's because of skin color. I think it's more because Matthew Stafford's throwing him the football. He's about to have Matthew Stafford is going to throw to the top two receiving uh, season receiving records in, in football with Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup. So Robert Woods was there. Robert Woods was there. Don't do this to him. By the way, the Peyton, no, Hillis, the Peyton Hillis version of Madden, one of my favorites. It, it, I, what year? I did love that one. Oh, 12. my God. What was that? That would have been 11. Was 11 that as well? 2011, yeah, 12? No, yeah, 11. Okay, so 10 was Breeze, right? I think Around. 11 was Breeze. It, it's definitely a great thing. It's just, it's just Cooper Cup isn't a popular – he, he's a good player, but he's not someone like when you go to the park, you don't go, I'm going to be Cooper Cup. I, I'm going to be Cooper Cup today. That's what it comes down. To. You want to be, I'm going to maul somebody. I'm going, you, you want to be that name. You don't, I'm not right. Gonna, you want to be the guy that's all style and great. I, I mean, I get that. Randy Moss was cool, dude. Mooning people and like, you know, Odell <laughs> Beckham's barking like a dog and Terrell Owens doing push ups and like, that's Please cool. Breaking tablets. That. Osho Cinco's a Looney Tune, like doing all the crazy, changing his name and whatnot, like he's Metal World Peace or something. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's a diva wide receiver. Cooper Cup doesn't do that. He puts up better numbers and ah, he's not as talented. I I again I think if 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 Cooper Cup was a black dude, I think people would be talking about this kid's a superstar. People talk about Justin Jefferson like he's a superstar. I've never heard anybody be like, well, well Adam Thielen's the main target. You know, they got to worry about Thielen. So, you know, leaves Jefferson wide open. You could, right, you could make that argument, but you wouldn't, but you'll do it about a white wide receiver. I I, I hate to say it, but that is 100% true. Shame on those guys on ESPN talking that nonsense. That is so utterly idiotic. It, it's shocking to me. Uh, that's crazy. Because you th- you think about players like Jordy Nelson and all these other white receivers that we've never had issues with. Mitching them with right. the completely undervalued. They're completely undervalued. You don't like those guys got to perform. Jordy year Nelson after year. was considered the best with Donald. What was it? Donald Driver they had that year in. Um, Dander agrees. So I got something going for me. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm not. Going I, I agree. That. He doesn't get as much shine because Randall. he's a white receiver, but. No, I, we, no, it's because of Matthew Stafford. That's why I, I don't think shine. it's because of Matthew Stafford. He's getting a ton of Calvin Johnson Cooper still got shine. Cooper Cup is yeah. getting way more shine than, than a but, Cole Beasley, but, who does almost the same exact thing that nobody cares about. No, oh my, Cole Beasley is more of like a slot receiver that is like a possession receiver. Cooper Cup is much more than that. He's actually a downfield threat, and he could play in the slot. He's a good route runner. He's good after the catch. He mm. does a lot more than just normal, you know white slot receivers that we think of like Patriots guys. And Joe, for your answer, if he was dark-skinned, people would be like, finally, Sterling Shepard is getting paid to do what he's doing. Why do we always got to bring Shep into this? Because I don't, he needs to go. He makes he's a lot of money. Very little production. He's the I agree he needs to go, but you guys take a jab here. at Shep every episode. Bro, I don't like he- it. He needs to go. He's the last guy from the boat trip. Once he's gone, everything will get rectified. I'm telling you. I'm that's, telling you. Also, I don't disagree with that's that. That's another thing. 
um, if you're over 35 and you're a white guy, please stop posting that. First of all, why is that bolt picture on your phone? Yeah, I don't even know. I don't know <laughs> why, why is it on it. your phone? I, uh, that's the first question I want to ask. Why is that picture on your phone for you to post it on Facebook? Okay? Let that boat trip go. A lot of cool things went on there, I'm sure. Okay? It's the fact that we were 11-5 and we lost. I got to tell you, dude, if one more middle-aged white guy posts that picture, I'm going to start making accusations publicly on Facebook. I'm going to have to. (laughs) Everyone's got that picture on their phone. Remember this? Like, oh, why do you have that? Because Why, can we just talk about? We all know what happened. I want to show you the picture. I like it. I, I got. Calm down. You got that picture on your phone, Joe? I don't. I don't. I don't want to <laughs> see it anymore. I wish people would stop posting it. Joe's got it on his wall. It's like, Dude, listen again. You can <laughs> at this point you can reference to the boat trip, and everyone understands. Yes. You don't need. You don't need to post it. And again, I don't know why it's on your phone. Hasn't it, I think that's it, weird. Isn't it weird? It's become as infamous as like the the the, the Deshaun Jackson punt return or, or the Herm Edwards uh, kick return, like Miracle to Meadowlands. Like, oh it, yeah, the whole trip is up there with the Miracle in the Meadowlands for some reason. So tired of seeing that picture, like I am of seeing that. Uh, the, dude, I I swear to God, I would say on average, I see at least once a week Deshaun Jackson run that punt back. The NFL at loves least posting that week. video. Oh, it's they in every compilation video. video ever. And he, the best is Coughlin at the end. He's God it's damn like, it. It's <laughs> the best punt returns, best special teams plays, walk-offs. The Giants suck. Every video that you come across <laughs> on Facebook, that's in there. Yeah, I hate it. Big middle finger. Giants fans just taking a big middle finger all the time. I mean, me. and it's deserving so. Sports but, uh, New York. They don't like when New York is good. Sports don't like New York. Yeah, and I mean, well, it's not often. So it is. But, I mean, just like with New the York. other New York teams. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like New York, though, y'all struggling. No, I won finally. You did win, taking taking the the overs route, stealing yep. a little bit of my juju. I won. But, uh, I did good. What did I say? You lost. No. I was yeah, no. you did. Joe, Joe you, you, took, took, you, you went against the Texans. The Texans won, bro. Yeah, they got stay small. Oh, yeah, you took oh, Chargers I I, uh, minus 10. Are you sure? I thought I took yes. the money line. Either way. Either <laughs> way. The money That's line's on the Texans. Didn't I say that? No. Watch that video back. I could have sworn I was like, oh, I think I won this week. Oh, well, sure. Sure. I don't think you were there for the end. I think you had to leave. <laughs> no, he was. Uh, no, he he he. Yeah, I think I was misquoted. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> gotta run the gotta run the tape back. I I'm curious because I feel like I was misquoted. Uh, remember when he? Remember, remember, guys? Remember when Jace got the got the push and he gave himself credit for a half of a win or whatever that was? I, it's a tie. You remember that? No, it's bro. In the sports world, that's a that's an L. That's a t- You're not All getting right. your money back All on right. a push. I'll take an L. I'll take an L. All right, still nine and seven last week. <laughs> he did say that, didn't he? It's all right. You can keep it. I- Sus. All right. Okay. It was a little suspect though. Whatever. Makes me feel better. <laughs> uh, Sean. 
I guess somebody has to have a winning record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to have a winning record after this week because uh, I'm going with the over again, Falcons-Bills. Uh, I think the Bills might hit the 44 alone. Uh, the Falcons' defense is terrible, and the Bills' offense has been rolling lately. So um, I, I think that they'll do that. And then I think the Falcons uh, will get some garbage points late, maybe 14 or 17 points. I could see like a, a 31 to 14 game, which would uh, get right over that mark. And, uh, yeah, so uh, let's see some points out of this game. Shout out to this game because I was supposed to go to it, but I had to work. The, the tickets were like dirt cheap, like thirty bucks. <laughs> so not surprised. Yeah, in it's, it's be, uh, yeah, yeah in Buffalo. But uh, yeah, I got a friend that lives in Syracuse, so we're just gonna chill at his house. But uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, Josh Allen's been great, and the Bills hit the over for me last week against the against the Pats. But uh, all right, Joe. Titans minus three and a half against the Dolphins. Look, the Dolphins' lucky run is about to end. So, yeah, that's it's got to end eventually, and I feel like it's going to be this week. Titans clinch if they win this game; they clinch the AFC South. And uh, I don't know. I just have I have a I have a good feeling about this Titans team. I've been saying it for the last several weeks. I'll say it again. I I like that defense. I think that defense is just good enough. They they I'm telling you, they just seem to always when they need to make a stop, they get the stop. You could argue the Dolphins have been doing that for the last seven weeks, but again, um, I was gonna you know I I, I thought the Patriots were gonna extend that winning streak against the Bills, and 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 in hindsight, I thought, come on, get real can't win that many games in a row in the NFL, especially against a good quality opponent like the Bills, or in this case, the Titans. I like that logic. I like Thank that you. Logic. I thought a lot about this. All right. This wasn't some fly-by-night decision. All right. See? Going down to the nitty-gritty. Got to make good decisions now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... uh dubs. Yeah, you all do. But uh, from one AFC's team to another... Getting dumped on Zay taking the Bucks. Yeah, big number. And the Bucks are beat up, but they still have enough to get the job done. I think Brady's still gonna take this game with the Jets as personal as he did with the Bills because of obvious reasons. He's never really lost to this team for the most part. I think one time with Eric Mangini, he doesn't want to lose to them on a different team. He's made it clear when he was with, you know, when they played the Bills a couple weeks ago, how important that game was to him. So I think this is up there, just probably not as important, but still important. You don't want to lose to the Jets when you're Brady. So I think he'll go out there, he'll light him up, put on a show. So I think that 13 is just too low of a number. But again, Vegas guys, they tend to know more than me this year. I'm six and ten. So this feels like uh this feels like a 28 to 15 kind of game. It seems like it, right? But you think the Bucks are still trying to play for a number one seed because they don't want to travel to cold in the playoffs. You don't want to have to go to Green Bay when it's cold. You'd rather Green Bay come to you where it's nice and warm and you got your guys back and there's no hamstring issues and all that good stuff. But we'll see how it plays out. 28-15. I like that score. A push. <laughs> oh, not again. All right. Jace got that like 30 seconds ago. That was hilarious. Thanks, Jace. But, uh, all right. So the overs have been killing it for me. And I'm going to do something very, very stupid to make Uh, it a little bit spicy. 
Let's have let's uh, oh. do some stuff. Let's make it interesting going into next week. Hopefully, Sean and I can be tied, and we'll uh, but or maybe not. No, I think I'm gonna pull away. Raiders plus seven at the Colts, like you said, Joe. There's eventually a time can't where win every game. To lose. Yes, and also in memory of John Madden, let's let's do it. This has been mm. a very emotional team all year. They've been able to rally multiple times. The greatest coach in your team's history just passed away. Who never coached. You don't think you can rally and make this at least a field goal, a close game? I I think the Raiders can. I think they can. Ace, I love everything that you just said, and I could not agree more. I wasn't even thinking about that. You know, when you think about all the stuff this poor team has been through, Right again. I mean, John Madden uh, left there after the 1978 season. I, I, I almost, I almost don't even attribute John Madden because I attribute him to Fox and NBC yeah. and CBS and my video games. That sometimes I forget. Yes, the Raiders. This is beautiful, and I want to point something out. I mentioned this to you guys all earlier today in the group chat. I don't like Bob Stoops, and I don't like Oklahoma. But I love the fact that he came back to coach them and that they won the Alamo Bowl. I I just, uh, you know, and it's funny because when he, re- he retired to Norman and people were like, dude, he's so out of here. And uh, to his credit, Bob Stoops is a man of his word. He's been retired in Norman for five years playing golf and hanging around town. And when they called him up to come coach that game after the uh, – Oh, Lincoln Riley, the, the the dirty, the dirty dude sitting there in some kid's house. Come to Oklahoma. I'll be with you your whole life. And then the kids like texted him five minutes later, like, uh, are you really going to USC? Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I, I really thought that was fantastic. And I just want to say congratulations to Oklahoma and Bob Stoops. Um, five years after you coached your real last game, you finally earned my respect. Awesome. Yeah, I mean that, that's Nuts. great. So, in spirit of that, Jace, I love the idea of the Madden, the Madden win. It's not gonna happen. It's not. Gonna it happen. doesn't even have to be a win. Let's just get it close, within seven, uh, a field goal, a five-point loss, good enough. Let's take it. Come on, keep it close. Let's go. Rally behind John Madden. Let's go. And now, I talk about me winning in best bets. This is over, guys. This is over. Like, Not come over on. It's over. Point two, Zay. Point two, I get it. You you took the, the as I call it, the Megan Anderson logic. You're either going to look very, very dumb or you're going to look very, very smart if it pays off. And, I mean, it's a risk. But, I mean, well, it's it's over, guys. It's over. I don't see – I don't see how – I don't see it happening. You guys just can't catch me now. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, James Robinson didn't tear his Achilles. I'd I'd be closer, but of course that happened on the third carry of the game. Yeah, stuff Which happens. sucks too. That's, that's the worst time of year. Like at least Cam Akers, it happened yeah. one year. Now he can come back. This especially being on the Jags too. Week week sixteen. That's not good. They yeah. lost the starter and their backup. That's crazy. Yeah, that's wild. But uh, all right. Zay, you're doubling down on the Bucks, going with Antonio Brown. Yeah, with the fraud we, himself. 
I don't I need a big week. Brady needs a big week. And Antonio Brown needs to keep this team going, honestly, until he can get reinforcements back in the playoffs. So I think they'll run through the Jets, and I don't think the Jets have anybody that can cover Antonio Brown. He obviously is not the number one receiver he was a couple years ago, but still I don't think the Jets even have a number two or number three corner lockdown type of person on that team, so they won't be able to guard Antonio Brown. He's still above average receiver. He's going to light him up, and Brady – I mean, Brady has no other choice but to throw to him and Gronk for the most part, so – Hopefully this goes out well for me because it's getting ugly on both ends. The betting and the player locks. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, I do think Antonio Brown's going to have a, a big week, but I don't know if it can catch you up. But, oh, uh, gosh, Jace. You just need one. <laughs> he, he, he makes it like he's up by 50 million points. We were here before. You were up 20 points before. And then you were down. Yeah, I was. But I wasn't up 20 points with only two weeks left. And you guys putting in you putting up a point two performance, but uh, all right, you, you doubled down on the Bucks, Joe. You're doubling down on the Titans, going AJ Brown. Well, yeah, if they're gonna beat the Dolphins, I mean, they're gonna have to throw the ball to AJ Brown because Julio Jones is I don't know. There's is he still hurt? He's in COVID protocol. He's hurt or in COVID protocol? It seems like for the last month. He's on two of my fantasy teams, and now I hate his guts. Uh, but A.J. Brown's the man. I feel like A.J. Brown's going to be the reason that they beat those Dolphins. He's coming off a huge week on my bench with 31 points. I think he's going to do something similar this week. Oh, oh, Joe. I don't know. I was with you when you mentioned it before the show. But now, like, trying to rekindle stuff just because you put them on your bench, I don't know if that's going to work, man. It's not going to work. AJ Brown's been terrible all year, but all right. You're you're riding high because you're winning. No, but I mean. It's not dignified to be all braggy and like that. I'm not. I'm just saying. (laughs) I mean, really. That that doesn't pay off. That's what I'm saying. He's a humble winner. Okay. All right. I hope I, I, but I do agree with you. If the the Titans are going to win, which I think they are, yeah, they they can only really give the ball to him. Yeah, but I a couple mean, of to touchdowns and like we're that, golden. Yeah. Okay. We'll My see. only problem is you've been too inconsistent all year, Joe. That's why I don't he has to been. Play. But now he's on a roll. The playoffs are coming, and AJ Brown's in beast mode. He's been yeah, inconsistent because he's been injured, and he's yes, been now he's the same in the same stuff as Julio Jones. Like on the injury report every year, every week. But uh, right, we'll see. And Sean sticking with the running backs, Nick Chubb against the Steelers. Yeah, I was shocked I didn't pick Nick Chubb yet because uh, it seems like I picked just about every running back in the league uh, ever since my strategy started. And I almost picked Debo Samuel this week because technically he gets some carries. I I almost counted him as a running back, but. The running backs got me back in this race, so I can't let them down now. And the Steelers' run defense stinks. Nick Chubb, uh, I'm sure they're going to want to run the ball after seeing what Baker did last week, throwing four picks. I think they're going to want to give Nick Chubb the ball and run the offense. So, um, yeah, Nick Chubb I think is going to have a huge day. Uh, And this big matchup for both these teams, they're still somewhat alive in the playoff race, so uh, I think he's going to go off. I like it. I like it. At least I hope so. But that's going to – 
Tears of ACL, they're gonna blame you. I mean, Tears of Achilles. They're All right, they're gonna blame you for that. Zay. Is TJ Watt healthy? I feel like he's up there with the Julio Jones and the AJ. He's either got a groin so injury or be he's scary. three sacks. No one eh. between. <laughs> You're not wrong. They're like uh, before last week. They were like seven and three with him, and then well, whatever the rest of like th- what was that three and or six. Oh, six and one yeah. without him. He should be the defensive player of the year, but people are obsessed yeah. with Michael Parsons. Yeah. Even though he, I, Michael Parsons is a beast, but I think TJ Watt should win it. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> to make things interesting, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Not Jake Fromm. Mac no. Jones against the Jaguars, showing everyone that he is the best, the best rookie QB against the number one overall pick. I, I took a pie in the face for this man. And, I, I mean, now, I mean, I, I've said, I've talked multiple times about him and Trevor Lawrence. And, but, I mean, he, he's just shown. He's just shown it's better. I understand Trevor Lawrence is in this terrible situation with Jacksonville. But going from Jacksonville up to New England in December, that's going to be ugly. It's going to be gross. I think Mac Jones is going to light him up. And uh, yeah, give me the Mac attack. Let's go. Or Big Mac or whatever. Uh, yeah. He won't get you point fifty four points, so good luck. Yeah. Or what was it? he got you like negative point like three or something last time you picked him? All right. It was like two points or something like that. He just wanted to throw the ball. He didn't want to throw the ball. He just he, he threw the ball three times. I, I mean, I'm sure he wanted to throw the ball. Yeah, he didn't want to. I, I mean, Belichick he, just wouldn't let it happen, and the wind was home. the worst picks on this show in the history of the show have all come from Zay. That's not true. There's been worse fantasy week picks. I can go back. There's been worse than that, dude. Well, you had like I, I a couple of like boy. negatives. I've had one. Relax. Yeah, you picked, you picked Jalen Hurts against the Giants when he threw three picks. I don't think that, I don't think you can have a negative. Jalen Hurts still had puff because I was still in the lead. He was like Mac two, Jones, Jake Fromm. Mac Jones, Jake, Jake Fromm. I took a, I took an L. I took a risk on two people. I took an L. I like. But guess it. what? I'll still end up higher than you two at the end. No, yeah. like I am now. No, yeah, maybe. I mean, no, are you? Yeah, he is. Oh, not by much. All right. What? I'll, Not by much. You couldn't buy 10 points It's a last fight week. for a second. It's a fight for a second. It's a fight for a second. All right. Not, <laughs> hey, still two weeks fight left. Fight for a second. All right. I got to go. You got to believe. A fight for <laughs> well, It's a fight for a second with best bets and a fight for a second with fantasy locks. Can't wait till Antonio Brown so. has like a 40 point game and your players got nothing. And you're like, yeah, who's going to win? Do it. Let's make it interesting, Zay. Let's make it interesting to end the season. Let's have let's have this last week. I know it doesn't matter for the Giants this last week, but let's have it matter for the show with fantasy locks and best bets. I hope uh, Mac Jones only has two passing attempts this time. What do you want to do to kick it up? Yeah, let's make it interesting. I'm game. Let's go. I'm game. What do you want to do to kick it up? Well, we we we'll talk about that. We'll figure something out. But uh, all right, that's gonna do it for John about the G Men this week. Uh, big shout out to. Uh, CTBB Realty and JPEX Financial Group for sponsoring today's episode. And make sure you check out www.clovercrestmedia.com for not just more information about this podcast, 
bunch of other great podcasts, throwing jabs, all four downs, uh, posting up, and then not even just Keys to the City, as you saw in the intro as well, but uh, not even just sports podcasts, true crime, crime podcasts, uh, political podcast. Joe mentioned the conspiracy theory podcast earlier. So, I mean, if you're if you love podcasts, if you're just make your commute better to work every day, just throw on a podcast, listen to what we got to say, listen to us talk. But uh, thank you, Joe, Zay, Sean, for joining me today. And let's hope, let's just hope that next week will be a little bit better. And we can let, let's just get one more win. Can we at least have one more win? One more good week. Hey, it's not gonna happen. But please, come on, football gods, please come we don't on. Want it. As Giant fans, you don't want a good week. I mean, I want everyone else to. I want the Lions to win. I want the Texans to win. I want the Jets to win. I want the Bears to win. I want everyone to win. I don't want the Giants to lose. If, if, they, if we win, it doesn't hurt our draft position, though, because we're playing yeah, the Bears. So. Yeah, Fair enough. Yeah, e- either oh, way. Either but, again, I want to see. I need the Jags to win a game. I need the Texans to win a game. I want the Lions to win a game. Let's, yeah. get, let's, let's, get, let's get it going. That'd be beautiful. No, I mean, if there is a coach, I mean, like I talked about when the Giants beat the Raiders, uh, I don't even remember the, the Raiders' interim coach, Basicchia. So if oh, Joe yeah. Judge can outcoach Masikia, I think he can outcoach Matt Nagy because Matt Nagy sucks. So maybe, maybe. But let's go. The New Year's miracle. Come on. Just give me one more good week. One more good week, please. Just one more week to talk about the Giants just a little bit, and then we'll get back to the crap. Because, I mean, the crap's still coming. But, uh, we're begging. We're at the point of begging now. Yes, we're guys yes, we are. Come to, we're begging. All right, yeah. Well, all right. That's going to do it. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you next week for more, John, about the G-Men. Jay's got a fro going. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Well, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Showing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. Find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting CloverCrestMedia.com.